0: Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, presenter, and today we have a special guest, a first time appearance here by Steven Isaacs, uh, and he and I are going to be chatting about creating authentic learning opportunities that kind of go above and beyond the sort of normal scope that, you know, happens. So... But before we kind of dive into that, before we get into this episode 115, I want uh, Stephen to introduce himself a bit.
1: Sure thing. Hey, Mike. Uh, you know, thanks for having me. I'm glad we were able to, to work this out. Uh, so, I'm my name is Steve Isaacs. I teach game design and development uh, at a middle school in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. I've been I created and been teaching this game design program for probably it's got to be over 10 years now. And, um, next year, uh, I'm excited that I'll also be bringing my course to the high school. So I'll be teaching uh, a couple periods of the day at our high school, um, to extend the opportunity for game design to the high school kids, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time because they have this opportunity in middle school and then come back to visit and always tell me, oh, but there's no more opportunities for game design. So now there will be, um, and in addition, I've been involved in like, uh, Research in, in virtual reality in the classroom for the last four years, doing some neat projects with kids creating content in VR, and been also really involved in esports for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, kind of again, you know, creating opportunities for kids to get involved in all aspects of competitive gaming.
0: That's awesome. Um, way to like, you've always sort of been ahead of the trend there because, like, man, 10 years ago creating a game design course that that was not on most people's radar true true (laughs) and uh esports is definitely in on the rise and lots of people like know about it now but again i I would venture to assume you were sort of ahead of that curve as well
1: yeah yeah i've been lucky you know i've been involved in gaming you know in all aspects of gaming like my whole life i guess so it's been sort of a natural thing to kind of stumble upon the ideas of game-based learning and incorporate that. And then, you know, as I started kind of following eSports, like you say, you know, early on, it was uh, I knew it was where we needed to go with kids. Uh, and now people are really listening.
0: Yeah, huge. I mean, huge. I don't know the exact number on it, but it's... Huge. It's, <laughs> it's a huge moneymaker. I mean, I heard of a couple of colleges actually give out eSport uh, scholarships,
1: yeah. And that once I saw that, that was when I knew we had, you know, a real opportunity to to sort of infiltrate because, you know, when you start, you know, that's an easy selling point. Right. When we start telling boards of ed and parents that there are scholarships involved, then, you know, that that perks everybody's ears up. So I think that was really fantastic when colleges got on, you know, involved in that level. And it, it makes perfect sense because the. You know, like, you you look at, like, the League of Legends finals uh, and the viewership for that, you know, albeit worldwide, is at this point greater than the number of people that watch the NBA finals, the World Series, you know, final game. And this year, I think it even exceeded the numbers of the Super Bowl, which is kind of crazy.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I did not know that stat. Yep. That's crazy. So... You know, talking about this, like I love this topic, uh, creating authentic learning opportunities that kind of go above and beyond. Uh, obviously, like we can do that using some of the technology that we have, but we can also use that. We can also create that, you know, it doesn't have to be high tech. It can be high tech, low tech. Right. Uh, it, it's really, I guess if we were to sum it up, like what what are some of the things that help create that authentic yeah. learning opportunity?
1: So so for me, you know, a number of years ago, I started, um, you know, employing the idea of uh, passion projects or 20% time in my classes. Sure. And that's when I started to see that, you know, when, you know, sounds like it should be a no brainer, but when kids are given opportunities to learn something that they're excited about, you know, they go, they go far with it. And one of the most amazing things that happened um, that really kind of clued me into this idea that we can. Create opportunities. So, so, for one thing, is with a passion project, you know, that's one of the areas where I learned I don't have to be the expert to give kids an opportunity to learn what's interesting to them. So, one of my students, um, I, teach a, I teach Game Maker, uh, Game Maker Studio t- to my kids. And Game Maker Studio has a drag and drop interface, which is great for creating games. It still follows like the, the programming type of syntax. But it's, you know, it's it's kind of easy to navigate because it's drag and drop. So, so that's the level that's kind of appropriate for the bulk of my kids. Well, behind that, there's a full programming language called Game Maker Language. Um, so one of my students, uh, this kid Brian, about four years ago, in fact, um, he was an eighth grader then. He's a senior now. He, um, for his passion project, he got, like, so immersed in learning this programming language that, I mean, you know, far beyond anything that I could do in that language. Um, and what was really interesting is, you know, a lot of people knew that I use Game Maker a lot in my teaching. So Packed Publishing, which is a, you know, a publishing company, approached me to, to write a book on this um, language, this Game Maker language. And <laughs> my initial response was going to be, I'm sorry, you know, I'm not equipped to do that. And then I thought about it a little and I reached back out to them and I said, listen, I said, I'm not in a position to write that book. But I have a student who's an eighth grader who's gotten so into this language that I'm certain that with just a little bit of guidance from me and maybe I would you know, work with him and edit it, that he was the one who could write this book. And fortunately, they were open to that. So this kid um, in eighth grade started writing a book. Um, that in the middle of his freshman year, I didn't have him any longer, but I was still working with him on the book, his book was published, you know, and I joke about how this kid was fourteen years old when his first book was published. I think I was forty-eight, you know, <laughs> co-publishing co co-authoring this with him. Is
0: that so I'm looking I'm looking at it here on Amazon. Is that uh, Brian?
1: Yep, yep, Brian Crispin, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. a
0: crazy back behind the scenes story there. I didn't know either on that book. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's really awesome and So, like I say, that got me to thinking, like, you know, where can I create these opportunities? Like, you know, I can facilitate that, you know, we talk about it a lot, right? We talk about the, you know, the sage on the stage or the guide on the side kind of thing. I like to think that I really take that as far as you can in that, you know, I have some kids that want to learn things like Unity. And last year, I had met um, this guy, Ruben, who was a Unity developer that, you know, I, I met him at a games and education event in washington, d c, and he was interested in working with kids or supporting education. But, you know, he was a developer. And you know, I jumped on that opportunity and asked if he would mentor a few of my students. So he was willing to do that. So again, here I am, like I'm not teaching these kids unity. Um, some of my kids would go ahead and learn it on their own. But then when you could bring, you know, this mentor, opportunity and you know it expands what's possible so they've been working with him and 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 you know so I left last year that was um so they were eighth graders also and they left me and I kind of left with this thought like these kids there's so much more we could do with unity and then this year I was approached by a company um called Zenial Digital okay. and they wanted to work with with students to develop virtual reality content um, with their developers, and you know, utilizing both student input and actually give students a, a chance to actually work on the development. So you know, I reached back out to these three kids who are now in high school, and now we've started working with that company. um and the kids meet. We have meetings with this, you know uh, VR development company. The kids are part of all that. They have access to all their unity files, and now we're at this point where they're trying to, you know, sort of see where they can sort of modify and build on, you know, what's already there. And then we're going to continue next year. So, you know, these are the kinds of things that I that I think, you know, with a little bit of facilitation on our part, you know, I mean, granted, I'm involved to a point, but, you know, I could put a lot of this responsibility in the kids hands once we get it, get up and running. And then, you know, they're doing things that are going to put them in positions that, you know, for all I know, They'll come out of high school ready to be, you know, hired, you know, as virtual reality developers, you know, or what have you.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty tall order. What would you say to like somebody that's starting out, right? Like, so you're just taking an archetype of a teacher, you know, you're a new teacher, yeah. you, you've been teaching, I don't know, 10 years, whatever. Uh and you've been doing kind of the normal thing, you know. You've been doing the the textbook and the you know the cadence of a normal unit. Uh, you know, teach a few lessons, give a few little like a uh, you know assignments, and then all of a sudden you either have your project or test.
1: Right.
0: You know, wow. Like, where would you start? I mean, you yeah. are you're so far down the path. Hearing that story, right. it's amazing. But <laughs> no one's going to be like, "I'm going to start working with app developers tomorrow."
1: You know, I mean, I'd like to think one one thing I've noticed from all this. Now, granted, you know you know, as you are as well, you know, as you start developing these relationships, whether it be on Twitter or, or online, you start to meet people that, and, and what I found is there are many, many, many people out there that are very invested in in our future and and our and the idea of what's possible in education. I think knowing that these, that like, in other words, me finding a company, you know, most companies that you approach, not most, but there are certainly plenty out there that would be very interested in working with kids or have some, you know, people, you know, members of their professional industry that, that are, you know, I think, I think we can start to, you know, I mean, each of these examples I'm giving, these were like something that was happening, you know, one special circumstance at a time. It wasn't like I had every student engaged in a in one of these projects so
0: what and and they sort of bubbled up to the surface you didn't sit at home on a saturday and said i'm gonna start working with unity and doing unity development like it the right place right time you know a a lot of that
1: yeah you're right because the the book one was they were looking to me to write something and i was able to you know to to engage a student in that and then the other one i happened to meet you know you know this developer who was willing um but I think we have, gosh, so often I meet people that would be willing to um, work with kids, you know, you know, in some capacity, whether it be like mentor opportunities are, are, are great because they don't necessarily involve a whole lot of time on the part of the mentor. But I think it allows some of these people in industry to give back a little and to feel like they're supporting something that's yeah. happening.
0: You know, so like on a on a smaller scale, much smaller scale, at, yeah. at my school, uh, the seventh grade history teacher does, I think, kind of what you're saying, and so many people are willing to sort of donate their time and talents. Uh, he does like a Shark Tank. He he yeah. does a he does a, he calls it a toy 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 company project. They mm-hmm. the kids literally have to do like market research. They go down and then interview kids from like our lower school see what they would like. They then actually try to create the product a little bit and then they go back for market testing and see if like the kids yeah. would like more stuff. And then eventually they have to like write up the proposal, do all this stuff. And the teacher gets these industry sort of leaders from, you know, parents who who have jobs right. in, in these industries sitting there as the panel, as the sharks. But That's I great. mean, kicking off the whole thing with, you know, creating experiences that kind of go above and beyond. Like, yeah, kids aren't going to forget the shark tank experience right where, where they may have forgot if he just chose to lecture on market research, lecture on like, you know, business plan and gave them a test on that. Like, and kids like that pitching to, you know, real
1: adults, you know, versus their peers. That's awesome. Which kind of makes me think too of like things, you know, like I love for kids to have, you know, opportunities to get out there and present. Um, one of my students, uh, last year, was one of these kids where he def it's funny because the sense was he wasn't doing all that much in a lot of his other classes. And for some reason he, well, I mean, kids like games and stuff, right? So he really took to game design and he started with what was his like mini game project and in Minecraft and then just was so into this mini game that he extended it and became his full, you know, end up his final project. And, and he ended up, it was funny, not funny, it was just great he came out you know one of the things i do is i produce mindfair which is a big minecraft convention and he was able to come out with so i'm in new jersey but he and his mom came out um, to la and he presented at our la show on two different stages he had kids do you know an activity in our learning lab where they went through his game and, and gave feedback and and he did a presentation on our inspiration stage you know so here he is in front of this huge audience and then at our New Jersey show, he and his partner came and spent the whole weekend showcasing in our independent game zone area. So, you know, again, this is like, the, and that was a kind of easy win, right? Because I actually had the ability to <laughs> to invite him, you know, easily without, um, you know, having to go out to, to outside people beyond that. But again, you know, another experience and, you know, presenting in front of real people, you know, uh, my daughter is involved with a lot of what we do with Mindfair and, you know, and I, 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 it's funny, I'm, I'm not like, I see her in school and I see how so many of these experiences are not so authentic. And I see what it's like for a kid to prepare for and give a presentation, even just to her peers in class. And then I see her get on a stage in front of hundreds of people and own that stage. And, and do that and, and do these other things related to this big event that we plan. Like, you know, she's involved with, um, we have a group of YouTubers at our, at our events that are called the YouTube rising stars. So we have our, you know, our highly influential YouTubers that do all these big meet and greets and signings. And then we have a group of about 10 or 15 rising stars at all our events. And, you know, my daughter's become the one who's responsible for interviewing them and checking their application and, vetting them for the event and working with them at the event so again it's like i mean this happens to be my daughter but this is a real world experience that she can have which is you know i think teaching her a lot more than she gets out of most you know experiences in school
0: yeah so i mean that makes me think that jumps to in my mind you're i mean you're talking about truly authentic real world situations that are not being conjured up or fake. I mean, like this isn't like right. let's pretend we're putting on right. a conference. Let's pretend we have this. Uh, that's fantastic. Now I'm curious. You know, obviously, that authenticity piece. The the higher up we can get on that, the better. And we know yes. that. Um, okay. Would you would you suggest and encourage people that if they hold on one sec. I'm sorry. Sure. Hello.
1: We were just talking about you. This is my daughter. She just walked in, but uh.
0: <laughs> hello. Hello. So, would you suggest uh, if we can't if you can't produce that authentic moment, in your opinion, in your experience, is the next tier still powerful?
1: Sure. So, you know, yes, definitely. So, but but it, but there's no reason why it can't be somewhat on that authentic level like in my class for the kids who are not necessarily going out and presenting or writing a book or whatever they are they they are writing blog posts as their reflection on their design process for a game right so they're still you know writing for an authentic audience in that case um, but you know and, and and I try to treat my class as a game design studio environment and I think the kids get a lot of that but you're right they're not I mean and the goal I mean I do like for them to get to a point where they publish their game in some way that I can share it publicly but but yes the idea is there is some of that I mean you're not gonna I, I think we I think these opportunities are available so I think yes we can find them and I think yes we can create as you know authentic experiences even with what we have like I say the the, the whole idea of of having student work be, um, public facing when we can is really great. We do have concerns there, of course, with, you know, what kids can share publicly, you know, information and things. Um, so we have to be cautious about all of those things, but, but, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, I mean, let's make things authentic as we can. And I do think simulating that is better than, than not trying, you know, uh, I'd still rather, like, I remember when I was a kid and we, um, played the stock market game in one of my social studies classes, um, at the time that we were playing, I wasn't, you know, investing real money, but I was very invested in, in the outcome of this game because the simulation was, was, was well designed, you know? So yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I was just curious, you know, to, because people all out there want to probably bring the best experiences they can. And my, my sort of follow-up question to you on it is, do you think one leads to the other? I mean, do you think by like maybe getting out of the normal like test kind of like pattern, moving towards like a, a simulation or a game or, or something with levels of authenticity, Yeah. does that um, lead to the bigger... Yeah.
1: Sure. I mean, that brings me back to that stock market example. When I was in that class and we were learning about how one of the things that it kind of taught me, which I really appreciated, was that, you know, as consumers of products, we're also pretty um, have a good pulse on what might be good investments. Right. So at the time I was, you know, it always goes back to games. Coleco was coming out with ColecoVision. Are you? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: are you oh, founder? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, So.
1: I was following that throughout this project we were doing, this stock market project. So I then decided I wanted to invest whatever real money I had in Coleco. My grandmother, who I shared my thoughts on it, invested. My mom invested, and and we all did quite well investing in Coleco, um, which came right out of this school project. So, wow. yeah, by all means, right? Uh, but it, But that must have felt, for me truly relevant you know that i realized that this is what investing in stocks is like so let me do this so i give a lot of credit to to i think it was mr Dennison for creating an authentic feeling experience for sure
0: yeah and i i can't in my head picture steve little steve (laughs) like i can't picture in my head you doing that if the unit was kind of the normal like we're just studying the definitions and we're like gonna Take a test on that. So, I, I don't think so either. Yeah. So I mean like clearly, I think when you do these things that are authentic, even in a simulated situation, mm-hmm. it connects to us as a human. Like it, you internalize a- it that much greater. Yeah. Uh, and I would argue too in simulations or if you're if you're really able to do the real thing, it calls upon so many other skills. So it's right. not just the singularity of do you know these definitions and can you answer them on a test. You all of a sudden, like your daughter or uh, the author, your co-author of that book, I mean the amount of skills they have to pick up just to now do that thing, to, to write right. that book, to work with all those YouTubers and organize the event, right. like the, the communication skills, the organizational skills, the time management skills on top of the actual task of, in that, you know, making the game or. Yeah. And those, you know, so those are the big
1: wins, right? Like I have a handful of those truly over the top experiences like that were that real. Right. So, you know, the majority is going to be how we structure our regular, you know, class environment. And I know with what you do as well, I think that's what we're trying to do, right. Is make it as relevant to kids as we can and 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 when that can when we could push them even outside of the classroom walls all the better but um but i think we can give them great experiences and and and, and that's what takes creativity on our, our part right like there's one teacher in my building who i i just you know love the stuff he does he does a um CSI crime scene you know um unit in his science nice. class to do forensic science and the kids get so into it right now they're not out in the you know they're not down the street collecting blood samples uh but they're but they're getting a a pretty neat neat authentic simulated experience for sure
0: yeah and i mean i think what i love about this episode and i hope people are gathering from it is you know even if even if you don't achieve like the fully 100 percent authentic outside we can reimagine what a classroom looks like. We can oh. reimagine what a unit looks like. And probably what we cannot imagine is all the places that'll take us. Right. Right? Like, you may end up on a stage in California or your student may end up authoring a right. book based on it. We we can't possibly fathom all the outcomes, but right. but there's just... We need to begin to reimagine it.
1: Yeah. yeah, and we know that, right? And we see, like, the difference between... The kind of um, stagnant, you know, you know, traditional classroom environment and not. Um, and it, you know, and I mean, I think we owe it to our kids to make, you know, it really comes down to making it meaningful, right?
0: Yeah, the sort of the tagline to the school that I work at is an experience for a lifetime. And. I don't know why, and I don't know if it sounds cheesy or not, but like in my head when I got my job there 11 years ago and started working there, and I'm a history teacher, so we do lots of simulations, but when I say lots, I mean like two or three, you know, compared to maybe an English class that doesn't usually do simulations as much. Right. But the reality is like I I kept noodling on that idea and experience of a lifetime, like what are they gonna what are they gonna remember they're they always every time on every survey on every kid that comes back they always talk about the simulations so over the years you know it's like how much more can i like can i think of another one can i squeeze in another one here and and i loved your language too about public facing so even if if even if i can't i teach sixth grade we can't get buses we can't go places all the time like i i can't always go out and i teach world ancient sieves like i there isn't a whole ton that you can like connect with your local world and do with that but i can create these simulations in the classroom i can invite guests into the yeah. classroom and we can gosh, use
1: the technology we have i mean I, I started getting super excited when i realized how easy it is to bring a professional game developer into the class via skype right and again it goes back to so many of these people that are just incredible are willing to give you 20 minutes and and yeah that that's something you know pretty
0: special for our kids total game changer yeah yeah well steve i can't believe it i'm so glad you're on the show but we are already at reflection time
1: all right let's reflect
0: so i've pulled a quote that i think fits it's from sanford well Wheel, Sanford Wheel, okay. I think is the, how you pronounce it, and uh, I think it really fits. So here we go. It's I think we are a product of all our experiences.
1: Absolutely. Um, so geez, you know, which is interesting, right? So I, I guess in the spirit of reflection, if I'm if I'm doing this uh, right, um, yeah. <laughs> it it sounds to me like. Um, you know, the, the the potentially sad part of that is when our experiences don't don't stimulate us and, and you know provide a thriving opportunity versus of course the the hopeful side, which is as we provide authentic experiences, you know, we're we're building, you know, some great attributes in our students and, and hopefully, you know, creating memorable moments that you know, like I think back. Um, you know, people ask me, you know, how I got into what I'm doing with game design, and and it's funny because for a long time I kind of forgot, and then I finally remembered that in high school, in my computer programming class, our teacher let us choose. Imagine this, you know, what we wanted to do for our final project, and you know, go figure. I created an adventure game that I put so much more time into than I would have than I would anything else, right? You yep. know, so that was one incredibly meaningful experience, and then I talked earlier about that stock market game. I mean, there are several experiences that both not only not only did they have a huge impact, but when I think, like here I am, so ingrained, embedded in you know game-based learning, and all of these allowed for that. So very, very, uh, very appropriate, uh, and I and I, I think it puts us on the gives us the task of having to create experiences that are going to, you know, going to, going to contribute.
0: Yeah. So for me, I, well, I think that's a solid answer. And for me, if I was to reflect on this, I think we are the product of all of our experiences. I like the idea. We, we always say, you know, we're, we're trying to help our students prepare for the future. And then we always, somebody <laughs> always reminds us, we have no idea what the future is. You know, especially when I teach sixth grade, 11 year olds, like I have yeah. no idea what the world's going to be like when they're 25. Right. Um, but if I play with these words a little bit, I, I think we are the product of all, all of our experiences. Uh, so I'm going to use the word product as not like a, a finished thing, not as like, you know, mm-hmm. here's the end product. I'm going to use it as like addition, like like the sum of, right? So uh, I think the greater the experiences we can give, the greater the person becomes the greater that product becomes right if we're adding 1 plus 1 it's only 2 but if we're adding <laughs> 10 plus 10 you know who that's 20 yeah. so can we have more 10s in our classrooms can we like give those mega experiences that that sum product gets bigger
1: yeah yeah i'm with you good 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 food for thought for sure
0: yeah well thank you so much for being on the show i hope we can have you back on this was great I'd love to yeah yeah and we're both steve and i are both going to be at isti this is yep. the week before isti so if you're listening to this you know tweet us meet up with us uh yep. usually there's some sort of game ex- couple game experiences at isti so check those out you'll probably see us in the playgrounds and the bloggers cafe and all around uh we're both friendly guys so just yeah. uh, <laughs> just stop by and say hi Uh, And everyone, have a great, great day and play on. Yes. Thanks, Mike. No problem.